Welcome to the VSA Tech and Transitional Energy podcast. Today is 24th of March. I'm Peter Matson, standing in for Andrew Monk, who has embarked on a top secret mission abroad. I'm here with our analyst, Phil Smith. How are you today, Phil? Very well, thank you very much, Peter. A beautiful sunny day and delighted to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you for that. It's a beautiful day indeed. And as I'm head of private equity at VSA Capital, I thought I'd give a little brief intro to the space. So private equity and venture capital typically invest in private companies only. But there is slight differences between them. And venture capital firms seek equity ownership in early stage companies investing in rounds like seed, series A, B, C, and so forth. Whereas private equity funds invest typically invest in later stage companies, bigger ticket size, and usually with control stakes. So private equity is more focused on the mature and well-established companies uh, involved in growth and margin expansion. And although there are certain areas where they both come in, and that is growth equity, both private equity funds and venture capital firms invest in growth equity investments. And these are slightly later stage companies uh, and, and they sort of in, in different structures, usually through preference shares, uh, pre-agreed exit rights and certain control mechanisms, they, they both invest in that space. And it's a, it's a huge space. I mean, just in, in in UK, London tech companies raised about, did you know this, Phil, almost 20 billion pounds last year only. Well, that's, ast- that's astonishing, isn't it, Peter? I was, I was reading that, uh, you know, we talk a lot about tech companies on this podcast that, um, you know, that London now is the fourth highest city, city globally behind kind of San Francisco and New York and Boston. I mean, it's really astonishing what's going on in London but it's yeah it is it is the scale of it Peter and also you know the scale of private equity you might want to talk about that as well it's amazing and no no it is but but just on the VC side UK companies I think they raised about seven billion uh, last year in new fundraisers mm. we've yep. seen the, we've, we've seen some of the news flow from the likes of index ventures Alderton capital 83 north atro ventures or London headquartered VCs. So we're doing really well and particularly well, of course, for the fintechs. Um, I mean, they raised, just fintechs alone in London raised around 11, $12 billion last year. What do you think of that, Phil? Uh, London well, really has, has a focus on fintech. Yeah, it's very, well, I mean, we're, you know, it's a global financial capital, but, um, it, you know, we've we've developed a lot of early expertise in it, and we've developed some, you know, a number of of, of unicorn companies that valued over a billion dollars. But I think what's, you know, what's also interesting as well is that we're seeing this, you know, we're seeing companies from the regions as well, you know, outside of London. It all kind of, you know, that 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 the the effort momentum, you know, washes out across the UK. I I think it's really exciting. I think that we've got, you know, we've got a lot of very big banks here. Um, huge financial organizations and it spins out a lot of you know a lot of talent that that builds these new companies absolutely absolutely and of course fintech is is attractive in the private equity space as well of course 
mm-hmm. and 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 just you know where where the London tech companies raised about 20, 20 billion pounds in early stage uh, money from venture capital firms. The private equity space is almost fifty billion uh, just for mid market deals last year, and and I think the number is something like eight hundred transactions. So it's been a very very busy space. And, yep. and on that, Phil, I mean, you obviously follow that space very closely as well. I mean, what, what do you see there in terms of, of multiples and things on, on valuation side, on PETs? Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. I and mean, I was, uh, you know, you know at the end of the day, we focus you know, very much on, on, on valuations and what's happening in the sectors. I mean, it was a really good recent report from, uh, from KPMG. Uh, the accountants on on the the mid market as calls or mid sized companies uh, deals and transactions, um, and they were saying that multiples have remained pretty steady, um, you know, in the space at around ten times earnings, um, and that you know a lot of the money was you know was going to TMT businesses, tech, um, particularly business business services. So at least for our you know, for our investor, you know, for, for for investors that are listening and have got their own businesses, it gives a it gives a feel for for valuations, but also, you know, hopefully the scale of activity that's going on in private equity. And and another thing, I mean, we've we, Andrew and I talk about this on podcasts as well. Is if you look at the IPO market, I mean, I remember seeing the stats and like it was about a couple of years ago, but over fifty percent of IPOs come out of you know eventual private equity. Um, exits on their investments, and, and as, as you know, the, the PE funds are holding for kind of you know three, five years and a bit beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And I think last year was a record year as well on that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, no, no. It's 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 a very active space, and uh, uh, you know, anyone listening in uh, can always contact us if you if you want to know more about the space and and know what we are up to in that space company that we companies that we are helping and so forth but otherwise apart from that there, there are a few listed companies uh, that you can and should follow if you're interested in this space and and some of the earlier stage uh, VC type investors is of course IP group which we talked about a lot uh, on 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 this podcast Draper Esprit uh, and of course, Superseed, which recently listed uh, their feeder fund uh, on Aquas. Uh, so those three companies are really interesting. Uh, on the private equity side, you have the likes, of course, like 3i, Oakley Capital, HGE Capital, uh, Peters Hill Partners, and Bridgepoint, of course. And Bridgepoint, by the way, they re- reported uh, results today. Uh, and quite quite impressive, Phil. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, they have they have now 33 billion under management. Wow, it's a good size, good size private equity company, and that they, they do they do actually invest a little bit in in not early stage but in growth equity. Uh, they're very active, uh, and on top of it, they reported increased revenues to 270 million, which is an increase of 40 percent and profits EBITDA of, of around 90 million pounds, which is an increase of 72 percent. So they had an astonishing great year, uh, which is very impressive. Yeah. 
Well, interesting. One, one, to, one to watch. You're just a, just saying investors. Yeah, it's Bridgepoint Group PLC. The ticker is BPT. Um, and I think it's about 2.7 billion market cap. Very, very interesting piece. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a lot of news flow this week as well. I mean, I, I just wanted to ask you about one that I saw yesterday, which is ITM Power uh, announcing a joint venture with Vitoil, the the largest yeah. energy trader in the world. Wow. Uh, yeah, indeed. I mean, I, ITM, you know, it's on the transitional our transitional energy kind of space, Peter, and, and a good a good spot there. I mean, ITM ticker is uh, the ticker is ITM. Uh, it's 2.1 billion market cap now. Incredibly. I mean, this is a, an electrolyzer uh, development company, so they have very special technology that takes takes electricity from renewable energy sources or otherwise, um, and produces produces hydrogen using its electrolyzer technology. And, and yeah, indeed. I mean, they've uh, yes, they've announced a strategic partnership with Vitol. You probably know more about them than than, than I do, but isn't this one of the largest? Uh, oil traders, gas traders in the world, as well as renewables. Yeah, they're absolutely huge. But but what is this thing? It's, it's it's called Motive, which is the name of the joint venture. Yeah, and, a, and the idea yeah. of that is is to 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 roll out refueling stations. Yeah, what they're going to do, Peter, is uh, Vitol are investing up to thirty million pounds in this in this joint venture. Um, and the idea is that uh, I think uh, that um, items like electrolyzer tech will be used at hydrogen fuel refueling stations. So one assumes that uh, electricity is getting fed to the fueling stations and um, the electrolyzer producing the hydrogen. The hydrogen is used for refueling vehicles. Um, and we're seeing a lot of development in terms of hydrogen power for heavy transport rather than uh, passenger vehicles. And this is all to do with sort of power and weight and storing hydrogen versus batteries on truck, you know, heavy batteries on trucks, hydrogen is kind of preferred. And we're seeing developments in this across Europe. Uh, for instance, Pressure Technologies, one of our clients has developed uh, hydrogen storage, it's very high pressure cylinders, and they're working with Shell on refueling stations across Europe. So this is, um, this is a JV uh, in the UK on hydrogen uh, refueling stations, so quite an exciting development. Very, very exciting space indeed. And and another story in in that space is um, uh, hydrogen one. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. This is uh, ticker is H uh, G E N, uh, and they are a hydrogen economy focused investment fund. Is my understanding? Is this so? This is an agreement with uh, Safran Corporate That's Ventures. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's Saffron Battery Tech by Saffron. I've come across that name before, but mm. but they uh, yeah they've announced an agreement for common investment in Cranfield Aerospace Solutions. Ah, you should live near Cranfield. That's near Bedford and Cranfield and, and airfield and all around it is very very well known. A college for uh, for aerospace tech. Uh, so yeah, Hydrogen One. Um, have announced that they've uh, they, they're going to commonly they're going to invest alongside Saffron 10 million pounds in um, a development for I think it is hydrogen based uh, aircraft design, which is very exciting. Hydrogen powered aircraft, um, and it's they're saying here that um, Carfield Aerospace Solutions is uh, they're saying a leader in design and manufacture of new aircraft design concepts. 
um, and they are looking to develop a Britain Normand Islander passenger aircraft using hydrogen fuel cell power. How exciting is that? That's amazing, uh, amazing stuff. We yeah. in that space very closely indeed. Yeah. Um, on on just, do you want to run through some of the the results updates? Uh, that yeah. Yep. Yeah, I certainly will. I mean, there's been been quite a few results and updates this week, but I've got to say something that has flashed up on my screen, and this was from the Telegraph, uh, and it's announced the Telegraph are citing um, Shell, who I've just said that they are going to they're going to invest up to 25 billion in the UK energy system over the next decade, and this is a this is after cutting some of their ties with uh, Russia. Um, and they're citing Telegraph citing David Bunch, Shell's uh, country UK country chair, saying that 75% uh, of this money is going to be spent on low carbon products and services such as offshore wind, hydrogen, and electric mobility. So that's uh, that's very interesting. I mean, that's just 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 come up. And for oh my word, and for those sharp sighted investors, uh, Shell share price is up 43% this year. Probably one of the best best performers. Incredible, but, isn't it? Yeah, but we know what that's been driven by and a very strong oil price. Um, Peter, one that you highlighted to me, and I hadn't, I must admit, noticed before, and this is to do with the circular economy, is uh, Renew, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, uh, Renew I is R-E-N-E-W-I, the ticket is R-W-I, the market cap's 556 million market cap, and I had a look on Wikipedia, and I think this was known as Shanks a long time ago. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. But it's a yeah, waste of product business. So this is recycling. It, uh, it is, and they 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 do a lot of. <laughs> I mean, they do waste into a lot of different materials and energy. Well, yeah. They do paper, metals, plastics, glass, wood, building materials, and energy. Um, yeah. And it. I mean, it's a substantial business. They, they I think they have something like 7,000 people employed uh, on 160 something sites uh, across six countries in Europe and UK. Uh, so in, in some of these countries, they are indeed the market leader in recycling. Yeah, what an, what an interesting spot. They, they had a full year, um, a full year trading update. Uh, for the um, I think it was a year ending uh, 31st of March, and the board has said that they're expecting performance to be ahead of previous expectations. Yes, that's, that's always a good thing and something we look out for. Um, so I think the we'll be... sim symbol on that is RWI. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, so I think we'll look at that one a bit further because I haven't necessarily come across that before. Mm. Um, so a bit, bit more in terms of news flow, uh, Peter, I don't know if you've come across big technologies. Uh, the ticket is BIG, market cap 616 million. And this is a company that IPO last year, raising 200 million pounds uh, at a valuation of 577 million. So it uh, looks like it's above its IPO price. Now, this company um, offers its people tracking solutions. So, uh, people tracking, of course, we know is the criminal justice system. 
uh, has tracking devices on uh, people, uh, but also uh, tracking devices are used for vulnerable individuals uh, and in healthcare. And they also produce not only the tech for that, for tracking, but also push button alarm systems, uh, wristband location trackers. So this is wearable tracking tech for people, basically. Um, and the company produced four years, four year results, right? Uh, and in their four year results, they said that their revenue was up by 27% to 37.6 million organically, uh, which is a super performance. And I have to say, given that they've got hardware and electronics there, no tracking, that's pretty good. Uh, given the restraints on supply. And they said that the majority of their revenues are derived from customers in the criminal justice sector. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it's 98% of revenue. Uh, an example of what they do is they said that during the year, they've got an eight-year contract. Well, you know, nice long-term contracts there with the New Zealand Department of Corrections. Uh, and that's starting in the first half of uh, this year. Also, revenue growth was driven by Asia-Pacific and the Americas. So this is a properly, proper international um, business. Yeah. Uh, and they saw growth of 40% there. Europe declined uh, 20, 23%, but they had a one-off um, customer contract, yeah, uh, which was to be repeated. So what is I thought was interesting about this as well is that um, we talk a lot and we talk here on valuations this trades on ev to revenue multiple 13 times which is big uh falling to 11 times so it's growing ev bits are 24 times falling to 20 times so this business really is growing or forecast to grow by the by the analysts now those multiples in inverted commas look high but what I would point out to, and we always do when looking at high valuations, is do they have something extraordinarily special? And also, are they exceptionally profitable? This business, on first look, first time I've looked at it, does appear to be very profitable with very strong margins, hmm. uh, generating an operating margin of, from my calculation, of about 37%. So what do high margins mean? High margins generally mean that customers really, really appreciate the products and are very much prepared to pay for them um, and that there is not a tremendous amount of competition around. So I think that one's worth a look. Absolutely. Um, and another company that I noted is Softcat, SCTS symbol, which is a, a hybrid cloud solutions provider. Um, and, and they announced results as well, didn't they? Yes, IT. Yeah, IT. This is a nice company. ITC, um, IT services business. And they announced results to, uh, I think it was interims. If I uh, might be got that correct, but no, I was looking. Yeah. Anyway, so they they were yeah the sales to the thirty first of January anyway were up by thirty three point six percent, and their uh, operating profit was up by twelve percent to sixty four million. Um, I mean, this company trades on an EV revenue multiple of 2.5 times and the EV bits are 24 times with 2.4% div. Now, it doesn't necessarily have the, the operating margins of the one we just suggested, but certainly has very strong growth um, and has done so cons consistently for a long time. And what they've said is... Uh, Quote, notwithstanding very hard bar, hard bar we set during last year's exceptional first half performance, this is their interims, these results preserve a run 
but now extends to 66 consecutive quarters of year-on-year -year growth. That's called a track record. Um, and people, people, you know, investors <laughs> look at that carefully and do pay for it. But um, very impressive. It, it, yeah, I thought so. I thought that was a good. Yeah, I thought that was a nice, strong set of results for Softcat. And again, you know, this is one that we would be we would be taking a, a closer look at. Now, uh, another in the IT space uh, this week was Cape Technologies. Uh, the ticker is, yeah, the ticker is KAPE. It's a 1.5 billion market cap company. Um, and this, again, trades on a different set of metrics. It's on EV to revenue multiple of 3.5 times 4 into 3. But EV EBITDA multiple is, is low. It's 12 times 4 into 10.7 times. So they've reported their full year to December. Um, and they provide uh, digital security software uh, for consumers, uh, I think they do private networks products as well. They acquired ExpressVPN. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they, they do do private network products. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Yeah. So, so yeah, they yeah they did. I mean, they they raised um, they raised two hundred fifty eight million on the market. Um, and you're right. They uh, so that was in October the fundraise, and they did acquire ExpressVPN. So these results are to December 2021, um, and I think during that period they did complete the the acquisition for a total consideration of 926 million dollars. Crikey! But that brought in three million subscribers mm. um, to them. So they got a total of six and a half million subscribers. Uh, their revenue during the period, and you've got to be careful with this because they bought in a, you know, they they, they made the acquisition, um, but they said it increased by 89% to $230 million or 20% on a pro forma basis. Yeah, so you've got to, you know, either account the acquisition or, or not. You need to look at these results quite carefully, but it does seem to be uh, moving in the right direction. The cash generation from operations, which we look at very closely, uh, increased by 116% to $44 million. So that, that is actually, that's that's good to see. But the company took on debt um, of secured debt of $290 million alongside the equity raise. And in March 2021, was it 2021 or 22? But it, it did a bit of further acquisition for $155 million. So Look, uh, at the end of the day, this is a company that clearly is uh, moving ahead at quite a pace, doing large transactions, and of course they can bring with them their own uncertainties as well as, as significantly building the business. But, but yeah, it looks yep. an interesting story. I want to again to follow up on. I think it is very aggressively growing, uh, and and very interesting to watch uh, what what they will do next. Yeah. Um, on, on the brand space, of course, very exciting news as well from S Ventures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, so we are we are tech trans and brands, Peter. Yeah, so we fit, we've, we've got to fit in a, a final a brand story to finish up on. Look, X Ventures is a client of ours. Um, they, they're quoted on the London Aquis Exchange. The ticket is SVEN. It's 57 million market cap. Um, and X Ventures. Um, has been, you know, acquiring and taking shares in um, 
and building up sort of organic and natural uh, natural food brands. So they're, you know, it's very food tech orientated. So it does at the end of the day come up to our, uh, under our tech space and. And look, food technology is, at the end of the day, very, very clever recipes that are developed in laboratories to you know, win, winning market products. Um, and their best known product, I think, is Pulsin, uh, which is UK protein bar. But um, they also do protein shakes, manufactured protein shakes as well. So, I mean, the strategy here is to acquire and, you know, invest in underdeveloped uh, brands that have you know, previously been poorly capitalized. Um, and to uh, you know to build and scale those, um, to market them, uh, to use e-commerce you know very very effectively to build up market share. And so they announced today um, that they've acquired uh, UK-based uh, Market Rocket Limited, um, and they're an Amazon uh, member of the service provider network with Amazon. It's a digital agency. Um, and it looks like it's one that's been growing quite strongly. But uh, Market Rocket have got their own tech uh, technology platform um, and models that, uh, that their clients use to analyze competitors, uh, identify growth opportunities, um, and then to execute delivery. So, you know, this is an acquisition of a tech platform and an expertise to, to ex really accelerate market growth, I think, for, for S Ventures brands. Um, so yeah, nice little acquisition for them. Excellent, excellent stuff. And and just uh, on a on a different space a little bit. But did you see the news about nothing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not exactly not about nothing. Yeah, exactly. Is, Go on, Peter. This yeah, is interesting. No, it, it, it's a UK company called Nothing uh, who has announced that they will launch a a new smartphone this year. Wow. And it looks really exciting. I came across this yesterday and uh, it's a company was founded by Carl Pay, who was also co-founder of OnePlus, which of course is an existing manufacturer of smartphones. Uh, and he decided to leave that company and start his own a company, which he named Nothing. Uh, and they recruited the head of design from Dyson, Adam Bates, um, we really don't know that much more than that at some point this year, they, they're supposed to launch this phone. Wow. I thought that's really exciting, a UK made smartphone. Oh, fun. Well, fantastic, that does sound exciting and well, look forward to following that one. Very much so. And I think on that note, uh, thank you everyone for listening in and uh, we'll see you next week. Well, thank you, Phil. Well, Peter, it's been a pleasure having you on our, on, our, on our podcast. And if anyone, as usual, as Andrew and I always say, anyone has any ideas, comments, companies who want us to uh, mention, then then please get in touch with us. And uh, yeah, Peter, it's it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much, Phil. All the best. Bye-bye.